Hey, happy Father's Day to all of our dads. We're so glad that you're uh, choosing to be here today. And I was thinking as they did the exercise video that some of you guys are pretty physically fit. I mean, you're buff. Um, not quite up to me, but you know, you're getting there. And, um, but the thing that I'm more uh, grateful for is how many dads we have in this place that are spiritually fit. Uh, dads who want to engage with their kids, dads who want to be able to do the right things and to uh, place their children uh, as a priority, to be able to do devotions and uh, teach uh, them the ways of God. And so I uh, just wanted you to know that I'm so proud of you guys. And uh, we have some great single dads who are doing it by themselves and doing some amazing jobs and uh, so grateful for them. And uh, some granddads who uh, just kind of took that on. And uh, said, hey, you know, I'm going to help with that. And so um, we're blessed as a church uh, to have so many uh, wonderful dads. And um, what I'd like to do is honor you here in just a second. And I'll invite you to stand up and then I'd just like to have a prayer for you. Um, but women, uh, when the guys stand up, uh, I want you to kind of hoot and holler, okay? So I know most of you don't like to do that. But no one will know because the woman beside you will be doing the same thing. And I don't mean the kind of hoot or holler that's like, you know, at a ball game. I mean like when you're watching The Bachelorette, you know, and you see like one of those really hot guys like come up there, you know. I mean that kind of thing, okay? So um, all the guys, if you could stand up and uh, let's give them a hand then. All right. Great job. You can say standing. I'm going to pray. I'm always amazed at how it's different on Mother's Day. Like on Mother's Day, the women are ready to sit down. When the guys stand up, it's almost like they're waving at people like, hey, thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. So, hey, let me just say a prayer for you guys uh, real quick. Let's pray. God, thank you so much that you are our Heavenly Father who care for us in such amazing ways. And God, we thank you so much for each dad uh, who is standing up uh, right now. I pray, God, that you would fill them uh, with your spirit. Um, for some of them, God, uh, they're parenting uh, in different stages. For some of them, uh, they have newborns or they have toddlers. For some of them, they're further down the uh, path and they have uh, adult children. But wherever they're at, God, give them strength. Give them patience. Uh, allow them to connect with you in greater ways uh, so that they would be able to train their children in the ways that they should go. Uh, God, we're so grateful and thankful uh, for each of these men uh, who take time to mold and shape the lives of their kids. I'm also mindful today, God, that for some people who are here, today's a hard day because today's a day in which uh, their dad's not here on earth. And uh, it's a sad day. And so I just pray that for them, you give them your comfort, give them your encouragement. God, we thank you so much for our dads, uh, for the way that they uh, mold and shape our lives. Um, we honor them today, uh, knowing that our Heavenly Father has placed them to be the specific father for their kids. And for that, we are grateful. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give it for our dads again. Okay, how many of you would agree with this statement? That exercise is important... For a healthy life. How many of you would agree with that? Okay, good. About all of us. 
How many of you would agree that spending quality time with your children and also, uh, if you're married, your spouse? How many would say that that uh, is important, okay? How many of you would say that reading your Bible and praying is really important if you want to spiritually grow? How many would say that? Okay. And then finally, how many of you would say that maintaining balance between uh, work and play is like really important? How many would say that? Okay. Now, here's the point. You already know the right things to do. So let's go home. Some of you are like, that's the best Father's gift, Father's Day gift I'd ever get if you would stop talking, you know, uh, for some of you guys. Well, this is the thing. You know that exercise is good for you. You know that having quiet time with God and reading the Bible and praying is good for you. You know that being in a small group with other Christians is good for you. The problem is you just have a hard time finding time to do all those things, right? It's very hard to find enough time to do it all. How many would agree with that? To do everything that's important. And those people that didn't raise their hands, what do we call them? Liars. Because you are. I hear that the one complaint we have all the time is that I don't have enough time. What's ironic about that is that we live in a culture that's more technologically advanced than any other culture. We have all kinds of time-saving devices. We have Gmail. We have Outlook. We have smartphones that you can put everything and organize your life in amazing ways. And yet we still don't seem to have enough time. We just can't get it all done. And many of you have bought into this myth. That our culture says, you can have it all. You can just have it all. You can do it all. You can be number one in your career. You can be number one in your family. You can be number one in the church. You can be number one on the golf course. You can have it all. But you know, and I know that if you live life long enough, you can't have it all. It's not true. You've got to make choices and selection really is the key to the process. And maybe you're like me. You get to the end of your week, and you're like, ah, man, I did not spend much time with the kids this week. I was traveling, I was doing things. You get to the end of the week, and you're like, ah, my relationship with my spouse, I can't remember the last time we went on a date. And you get to the end of your week, and it bothers me sometimes. It really does. And I hate it. You know, where did the time go? The Bible says this about time management. It'll come up on the side screens. Live life with a due sense of responsibility, not as those who do not know the meaning of life, but as those who do. In other words, the meaning of life, what is that? Well, it's that you were created by God for God to do the purpose that he has for your life. You were made for that. And he says, if you do that, then what's the last sentence say? Let's read this out loud. Make the best use of our time. That's the key. Make the best use of our time since we know what we're supposed to do. So for the rest of our time together, I want to talk about this question. How do I find time for things that are really most important in my life? 
How do I find time for things that are most important in my life? Here's the first thing. You've got to line up your priorities. I've got to line up my priorities. You see, each person here has the exact amount of time every single week. 168 hours. That's how much time that you have. But here's the bad news. Next week, you're only going to have 168 hours. You ever go through that before? Where you're like, man, I wish next week I had 5,000 hours, you know? Like, I'm so far behind in everything that I'm doing. If I just had more time, everything would be fine. So the one thing that you can change is how you manage your time, how you use it. But you can't stretch time. You can't add to time. You simply manage it. See, the reality is this. Either, either you, you focus on your priorities or you focus on the pressures that other people put on you. Have you ever noticed that before? That people always have a great use of your time? You ever notice that? People have great use for your time. For example, um, my daughter Jordan, a couple weeks ago, she was in a rec league soccer tournament. And she did a great job, and uh, she scored six goals. And uh, after one of the games, the traveling coach comes up to Jordan, pulls her aside, and says, Hey, Jordan, you did great today. You know what? I want you to come and be a part of the traveling team. Now, my daughter's, you know, excited about that and everything. And actually, for a moment, I kind of put my chest out, what little there is. I put it out there, and I was like, my kid's good. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, it hit me. They want her to practice twice a week and go on tournaments and mess our whole family up. And what? Why? Because they want to tell me how I should use my time. You see, the biggest struggle that young parents have, including myself, is kids' activities. They become the center focus of everything that happens in a family life. And so I got Jordan in the car, and we started uh, driving away, and she's like, Dad, isn't this great? And I was like, yeah. I said, but you said you wanted to do swimming too, right? She's like, yeah. I said, well, you're going to have to make a choice. Because this is the thing, folks. I don't want to watch my kids. I want to be with my kids. You see the difference? There's one thing to sit and watch all their activities. There's another thing to be with them to do that. Now, am I saying that Jordan will never be on a traveling team? No. But I'm saying at seven years of age, I don't think it's the best use of our family time. And so you have to line up your own priorities, whatever that is. See, the reality is, again, it's either priorities or pressures. Which one do you give into? You decide what really matters. Now, we're going to look at a book in the Bible uh, today, the book of Proverbs. It's kind of like right in the middle of the Bible. If you opened it up, it'd be right in the middle. A guy by the name of Solomon wrote it. He was the son of the greatest king of the Old Testament, David. And God asked him one day, uh, if you could have anything that you want, what would you want? And you know, most guys would have been like, uh, money, cars, women. No, no, no. Solomon didn't do any of that. He said, what I would like to be is a person who has wisdom. And so God gave him that and granted it. 
And there's 31 Proverbs, one for each day. So if you're not reading the Bible, a great way to, to do that is say, hey, I'll do Proverbs, one each day for the month that you could read and get a lot out of that. And so that's what we're going to look at for most of our scripture verses today. Now, the reality is you decide what matters most with your priorities. And the Bible says it's dumb to do everything. It's dumb to do everything. Let's look at this first proverb, this wise saying. Let's read it out loud together. An intelligent person aims at wise actions, but a fool starts off in many directions. How many of you have ever been a fool? Raise your hand. Yeah, exactly. We've all been a fool, right? You go off in many directions. I mean, I'll start the beginning of my week and I'll have like 1,500 things to do. You know? It's dumb to think I'm going to get all of that done. I can't even do 15 things, let alone more than that. And you see, when you head off in many directions, there's no cohesiveness to where you're headed. So you have to determine what's most important. Again, selection is the name of the game. Here's the next proverb. It is stupid to waste your time on useless projects. Okay? Stupid to waste your time on useless projects. I have a feeling that some men will uh, memorize this passage. Because the next time that your spouse or your significant other comes with the honeydew list, you'll say, honey, I mean, the Bible, did you, didn't you hear Chris? He said, it is stupid to waste your time on useless projects. Let's hire a plumber. You know what I mean? Like, that's it. I don't think that's really what it's saying. This is what I think this passage is saying. Don't major on the minor issues. Don't major on the minor issues. Folks, life is too precious. It's too short. Don't waste your time surfing on inferior websites, watching inferior movies. Fill your mind with good things because life is precious. Don't get involved in the trivial things, the small little things. This is what I found too. They're all small, right? All things are. You also need to learn the difference between what is urgent and what is important. Maybe some of you have seen the quadrant before that has urgent and important. Have you ever noticed this? That what people think is important, they think it should be your urgency. Like they're urgent things they want you to think is important. This is what I found. Their urgency is not my emergency. Okay? Their urgency is not, I can't do all things. I can't be all things to all people. So you've got to understand the difference between what is urgent and what is important. So what's the solution to all this? It's to line up your priorities. Proverbs 16.9 says this. Let's read this out loud together. We should make our plans counting on God to direct us. Okay? Now, I know some people think that they shouldn't have to make any plans. They're like the flower children of the 60s. You know, we don't need to make plans. We're the kind of people that go with the flow. We just go with the flow. Whatever will be, will be. Sometimes they'll spiritualize it and they'll say, just let the spirit lead, you know? Some people think it's unspiritual to plan. You know what I call that? Stinking thinking. 
What do you mean it's unspiritual to plant? That's not biblical. God made plans. In fact, when he planned the earth, he had a plan for every single day how he was going to do that. And so if you want to be godly, if you want to be Christ-like, you've got to learn to plan. Now, some of you might need some help in this. I did. So a couple years ago, I bought this book, Managing Priorities and Deadlines. It's an area that I struggle with, and there's 28 kind of time management success keys. And I realized... Uh, our staff needed it. So I bought it for our staff. I was like, we're going to get better at this. And so we have. Folks, God gave you the ability to plan, so slow down enough to take the time to write down what you need to know. One of the keys in this book that I read was for every minute that you use to plan out your day, you help an hour not be disorganized. Think about that. For every minute that you plan... You plan for an hour that's going to be organized and focused, not disorganized. Now, to be honest, I've never been a believer of this. When we first got married, my wife Jennifer, she would uh, write a list and then she'd go to the store. And I was like, what are you doing, woman? We need food. You know, that's the store. Just go in there and start buying the food. So she's like, hey, big boy, you think you're so good at it after the first couple months? You go do it. We made $16,000 as a couple, and we had two apartments, so we had to cut it top close. And so uh, I went out, and I brought all the food back, and she goes, how much did it cost? I honestly don't remember, but I just remember her saying, that's twice as much as I usually spend. And then I started looking inside, potato chips, frozen pizza, frozen TV dinners, frozen this, frozen that. No vegetables, no fruits. And I learned from that lesson that it's important to make a list. Now, when I go to the store now, which isn't often, Jen still does most of it. But when I go to the store, I always have a list. And there's all these guys walking around all big, bad, yeah, get that. And I'm like, oh, I got my list. You know, I'm checking it off. And, you know, everything's good. Got everything going real well. And uh, I just laugh. You know why I laugh? I laugh to the bank. <laughs> I cut coupons. We have a lady in this church. She, she, like, she saves more. People, when they see that she comes to their aisle, they don't want her to be in their aisle because they actually have to give her money back. True story. Give, give some woman. And one day we were in Meyer, and Jen and I are going, and she was walking down. And Jen looked. She's like, oh, my gosh. And I was like, what's wrong? She's like, it's Leanne. She's got the coupons. I was like, oh, my goodness. And I was like, so what? So now she's like convicted to couponing. We're like doing the coupon thing and, and we're laughing all the way to the bank, folks. We really are. So I strongly encourage you, write down your priorities. If you write down the list to go get food, why not write down the most important things in your life and say, I'm going to be committed to that? And the reason why I say that, folks, is that many times people don't write down their priorities until a crisis comes. You ever notice that? People don't make a priority until a bankruptcy comes, a divorce comes, a death of a loved one comes, health issues come. And then all of a sudden, man, it's like we get a lot of clarity. Don't wait till then. Do it now. Now, since it's Father's Day, and I figured that most guys probably like to watch things instead of read things, not all of you, uh, I took some clips from Hollywood dads to try to learn something from them. 
So this first clip you're going to see is from the movie Liar, Liar. Each uh, point that we have is going to illustrate kind of what the point is. So lining up our priorities, I want you to see a clip uh, about Fletcher, played by uh, Jim Carrey. And uh, Fletcher's having a really hard time trying to figure out what the priorities are in his life. It's his son's birthday. And let's take a look at the clip. Hey, creepy! Happy birthday. How old are you now? 22, 23? I'm five, Dad. Okay. Return the beer keg. Cancel the dancing girls. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. I feel completely unprepared for this. You see, I bought you a present, but last night, I accidentally swallowed it. Dad, it's in your belly! Scalper. I hope it's not partially digested. Oh, no! Surprise! All right, it's a pony. Just open it! I'm gonna help the right thing. Get it! Baseball stuff! Baseball stuff! Cool! Can we play? I'll be Nomo. You can be Jose Canseco. Can we play that? Can we play? Absolutely! Yay! <laughs> right after your party tonight, we'll do it. You and me. I just have to really concentrate on this right now. If you're a parent, you ever been there before? I know I have. Girls come up. I'm working on the teaching even. Don't have time. So, after each of these points, what I want you to do is a little personal evaluation. It's in your program. Just pull it out. Teaching note. Scale of 1 to 10. Answer this question. How would you evaluate yourself on lining up your priorities? So, be honest. Don't look at anyone else's page. Um, Just look on your own. But how would you line up your priorities? How do you evaluate yourself? If you're on one end, I don't have any time for anything in life but work. You're a one. Be honest, that's it. Work is kind of my life. Maybe in the middle, you're learning how to make some balance in your life. And maybe if you're on the other end, it's a ten. I schedule my calendar daily for the things that are most important. Okay? So go ahead. Where are you at on that scale? Let me just say this. Nothing happens, folks, unless you schedule it. You ever notice that? Nothing. You may say spending time with God is important. You may say that spending time with your kids is important. You may say that spending time with your spouse is important. You may say that exercise is important. But if you don't schedule it, it's not that important. Scheduling is where the rubber meets the road. Nothing happens until you put it on the calendar, until you put it in your smartphone. 
Second thing, not only do we need to line up our priorities, but secondly, we have to lighten up my attitude. If you want to find time for the things that are really important, you've got to lighten up your attitude. You've got to relax. You've got to let some things just kind of go. You've got to lighten up. Why? Because for many of you, your stress in your life is self-imposed. And the reason is you're trying to fit so much into your schedule that it's affecting your attitude. Spouses tell me this all the time. He just works way too much and then he's a grump when he gets home. Rah! We try to do too much, set too many goals, unrealistic expectations. And the reality is that we place far too much emphasis on our occupations. Far too much. And what happens is it leads to stress. Look at this next proverb. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. Did you know that more people die of worry than they do of work? <laughs> it's true. So what's that tell us? More people worry than they actually work. Your career is not the Almighty in your life. It's important, but it's not important than everything else. But often, everything else. You ever notice this? Yeah, I can take that extra shift. Oh, I can go see that extra person. Oh, I can do whatever that extra thing is. And other things that are more important, they just get shoved aside. Folks, God intends us not simply to endure life, but he wants us to actually enjoy it. And the problem is we get so busy, busy making a living that we don't ever live. Let me say that again. You get so busy making a living that you really don't experience life. So you need to lighten up your attitude. I mean, humor is a great stress reliever. Now, humor doesn't solve problems, okay? But humor, what it does is it gives you perspective so that you can see a bigger picture. It helps you handle the things in life so that your attitude's lightened up. You see, far too often we get so busy that we just go through life and we're kind of tense and we're not lightened up. We don't see humor in situations. Example. Two weeks ago, I had a 6 a.m. meeting, and so I'm getting up, kind of rushing around, getting ready to leave. I get out into the garage, and the garage door's open. So that's not usually the case. We just close our garage before we go to bed. So I turn on the light, and there in front of me is trash all over the garage. A critter had got inside. We just set our trash right inside the garage, and a critter got into it. Now, guess who was the last person to put their car in the garage? Jennifer! It's her fault! And I get that, and I see that trash, I'm like, I can't believe this. It's her fault? I'm not going to pick this up. This is her, it's her trash. This is her mess. I get in the car, I'm heading to, heading to this meeting. This biggest spiritual meeting. And uh, I'm fuming, you know, I'm mad. And remember, we just did a series on whispers, right? And so I'm kind of mad, and then finally I'm just like, okay, just calm down. And I get this whisper. Chris, do you remember the time you left the garage door open and the possum got in there for two weeks? 
and peed and defecated and everything. Was there one of my neighbors is here. He remembers the story, I'm sure. And here's this possum and there's mess everywhere, everywhere. So I get to the, I almost get to the meeting and I'm getting ready to, and I just start cracking up. I'm like, you are such an idiot. Like, what makes you think that this is all her fault? You know, and I'm laughing. It's six in the morning and I'm just laughing. So I get back home and I was like, man, I need to clean this up. I did, she didn't even know until the day, actually. So I cleaned it all up, got it all ready. And my oldest daughter, Jordan, I take her to school on uh, uh, different days. And that day she walked out and she looked at me. And it was like this look, like if she was a teenager, she would have said the words. But she's so young that she just isn't sure. But I'm sure she would have said something like this. My dad has lost it. He is laughing at trash, you know. And he's just like laughing at trash. Folks, for many of us, we just got to lighten up when things happen. Proverbs 14.30 says this. will come up on the side screen. A relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. Solomon is saying here, lighten up. Don't take yourself so seriously. He also says this. Let's read this one out loud together. It's Proverbs uh, 17. Let's read this out loud. Being cheerful keeps you healthy. It's a slow death to be gloomy all the time. Isn't that a great verse? Did you know that medical research actually proves this to be true? There are positive chemical changes that go on in your head when you laugh. Did you know when you laugh, it produces T-cells that increase your immunity? It produces endorphins which are natural painkillers. There are all kinds of positive things that happen when you don't take yourself so seriously and you laugh. So to kind of improve our health today, what I decided to do was to look at a list of uh, church bulletin, church program bloopers that have actually uh, been in print, but they made mistakes. So here's the first one. For those of you who have children and don't know it, we have a nursery downstairs. Don't you think you would know if you had children? Maybe. Here's one. Thursday at 5 p.m. there will be a meeting of the Little Mothers Club. Everyone wishing to become a little mother, please see the minister in his study. Woo. That's why I don't have a study, you know what I mean? Here's, here's the next one. This being Easter, we'll have Mrs. Lewis to come forward and lay an egg on the altar. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? A special collection will be taken to defray the cost of a new carpet. All those wishing to do something on the new carpet, come forward and do it. Whenever we have a church and we buy carpet, I don't want anyone complaining. You know what I mean? All right. Here's the next one. It says a bean supper will be held Thursday evening in the church hall and music will follow. I guess that's true. Here's one. At the evening liturgy tonight, the sermon topic will be what is hell? Come early to listen to our choir practice. 
<laughs> Isn't that awesome? Here's the next one. Next Sunday, Mrs. Beeson will be soloist for the morning service. The pastor will then speak on, it's a terrible experience. <laughs> Here's one. Potluck supper. Prayer and medication to follow. I think they meant meditation on that one. Here's, here's my all-time favorite one right here. Don't let worry kill you off. Let the church help. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? I mean, I just, I cracked myself up. I just, <laughs> let the church help, you know? Folks, did you know that your muscular system, when you actually laugh, you, um, it relaxes. It does. You ever been carrying something, you know, people, someone says something, you start laughing, you just can't hold it anymore? I was at a funeral one time. I was officiating at a funeral. That's not the funny part, okay? Uh, but I'm officiating at this funeral, and the thing's all over, and the pole bears come up. And they're carrying the casket like this, and I'm in front of them going to the hearse. And some guy cracks a joke. And I start laughing, and they all start laughing. And I hear the funeral director go, Chris, catch the casket. And the casket is like coming down like this, and I'm trying to hold it. And I'm like, can you imagine the headlines, pastor wiped out by casket while pallbearers laugh? You know what I mean? It's like, what's up with that, you know? Sometimes you just got to laugh. God says, if you want to make time for the most important things, folks, you've got to line up your priorities, but you've got to lighten up your attitude. Dads, this is your special day, but I want you to hear this. If you put your work before your kids, there's two things that I know. One is you will still have work, but two, one day your kids won't be there. Folks, you'll always have work. You're never going to get it all done. No matter how much you try, you're not going to. So embrace the moments that God gives to you. Because the little secret is this. You'll never get all the work finished. You never will. So God's value system, he says this. Relationships are more important than accomplishments. Now for this next clip that will kind of illustrate this point. uh, A financial executive um, is really having a hard time trying to understand balance of work. But he finally gets it one day when his daughter makes pancakes for him. Let's look at this clip. Allow me to tell you special. Oh, please do. Pancakes. Oh. We have kind of burnt pancakes and really burnt pancakes. Oh. Okay, well, how much for the regular? Oh, let me see. $3,000. And how much for the kind of burn? 47 cents. Okay, let me have the kind of burns. Let me have two kind of burns, please. Perfect. Now, do we have any condiments or anything like... Uh, what do you mean by that? You mean like syrup or some, oh. some honey or some jelly or some... Anything that, like, cut the, cut the taste a bit? Ketchup. Mmm. Chocolate syrup. Hot sauce and mustard. You know, I would have just went with, with chocolate sauce or, or honey or something. Don't but, worry, it's but yummy. But ketchup right. is... Uh, uh, that's enough ketchup. 
Now, what do you like? Chocolate sauce? Uh, well, uh, I guess so. Yeah, yeah put the chocolate sauce. Yeah, wow. Yeah, let's put a lot on. Yeah, mustard. Oh, excellent choice. Brown and yellow match perfectly. I think it's going to add some mystery to the dish. Do we need yet? We have a hot sauce. Hey, where, what happened to the pancakes? There. Perfect. I think we should say our grace and eat. Okay. Okay. So you pray with Daddy. Okay. Dear Lord. Dear Lord. Please protect my daddy's throat. Please protect my daddy's throat. He never done nothing to nobody, Lord. He never done nothing to nobody, Lord. Amen. Amen. And now I'm going to dig in. Yep, dig in. And I think it's time to ingest this pancake and be a good Hey, look, it's top of this. <laughs> oh, it's going, she's gone. Oh, that's the best pancake I've ever had in my life. Can I please see the bill? Oh, yeah, Bill. $400,000? You must be out your mind, woman. You're trying to get your mama paper. All right, well, how would you do on this one, though? If you really had to be honest, you and God, being honest together, how would you rate yourself on this question? The question is, how would you evaluate yourself on lightening up your attitude? Would you say you're more like a one, I'm uptight most of the time, and don't enjoy people in my life, you're uptight, it's all about work for you? Would you say you're more, uh, kind of you're learning how to lighten up a little bit, enjoy relationships more than uh, anything else? Or would you say, hey, I'm, I'm on the way out of ten, I have a cheerful and lighthearted attitude, I laugh hourly. Where would you put yourself? Okay, last thing. So we've got to line up our priorities. We've got to lighten up our attitudes. And then thirdly, I've got to look up to God. I've got to look up to God. Folks, the only way that you're going to get the important things of your life taken care of is you have to ask Jesus Christ, Jesus, I need help in doing this. Proverbs 10.27. Let's read this out loud together. Reverence for God adds hours to each day. Reverence. What's that mean? That means you take God seriously. That you put God first. How many of you would like to have more hours in your day? If you could. How many would like to do that? Okay. We all would. Everybody would. Well, there's your answer right there. Reverence for God adds hours to your day. Here's part of the problem. The reason that we don't lighten up our attitude, though, and we look up to God, is because we take ourselves far too seriously and we don't take God seriously enough. The reason, the root behind many of the problems that you face in your life is that you think it's all about you, and so you're so serious and uptight, and you're not so much with God. You can go a day, a week, a month, without even connecting with Him. And God says the solution is time. You want hours added? We all do. 
If I just had a few more hours, that's our solution most of the time. If I just had a few more hours, I could get everything done. And God says this, no, it's not. You don't need more time in your day. You don't need more hours. He says, you need more time with me. The reason why we get so stressed out and we can't get it all done is that you need more time with God. Reverence for God, what's it do? It adds hours to your life. Now, since it's Father's Day, Dad's just a word for you. I know that there are many things that compete for your attention. There are many things that drain your energy. There are many things that can just like suck the life right out of you. Many times you come home from work, dads, and you're exhausted, you're tired, and you're worn out. You have no strength for the important things in life. The important things with your kids, the important things with your spouse. You have no strength for these important things. To sit down to listen to God. So where do you get the strength when you're worn down? found a verse this week that really spoke to me. And this is what it says. Reverence for God gives a man deep strength. Spending time alone with God will actually strengthen your life. And you need to get alone with Him every day. And when you do, you can ask Him for wisdom and He'll give it to you. To get the right choices, to line up your priorities, to lighten up your attitude. And you ask God for things that really matter. When the world's pulling you apart. This next verse has kind of become my life verse. It's in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. And it says this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. What's this verse saying? It's saying that whatever you put God first in, He will make your path straight. He will bring you success. So whatever you put God first in, He's going to bless. That's why tithing is a great concept that God gives to us. I don't know why the word tithe means 10%. I don't know why God chose 10% of our incomes to be given to Him. But he says this, that if you'll do this, I'll make the other 90% of your income that you get to keep go further than if you kept the 100% for yourself. And not just myself, but there are countless people in the jar that would tell you it's true. Stretches. The same thing's true with our time. God says if you put me first in your time... I will make the rest of your time stretch and go further. You can't do it, but if you make him the priority, he'll give you the ability to manage your time better. And then you sit back and you watch how God makes you more efficient. The last clip that we're going to look at is from the movie Despicable Me. And the dad is Gru. 
And Gru's entire life, he's only thought about himself and himself only. He never looked up. He never looked out. He only looked in, looking at himself. And three little girls come into his life, and something changes. Let's take a look at the clip. Okay, girls, time for bed. Oh, come on. You want a story? Please, please, the kitten. Oh, no. Sorry, that, that book was accidentally destroyed maliciously. Tonight, we are going to read a new book. This one is called One Big Unicorn. By who wrote this? Oh, me! I wrote it. Oh, look, it's a puppet book. Here it was, yes. That's the horn. This is going to be the best book ever. Not to pat myself on the back, but yes, it probably will be. Here we go. One big unicorn, strong and free, thought he was happy as he could be. Then three little kittens came around and turned his whole life upside down. Hey, that one looks like me. No, what are you talking about? These are kittens. Any relation to persons living or dead is completely coincidental. They made him laugh. Ho, ho! They made him cry. Mm. He never should have said goodbye. And now he knows he could never part from those three little kittens that changed his heart. The end. Okay. All right. Good night. What is it that changed for Guru? His heart. He lined up his priorities. He learned how to lighten up his attitude. And all of a sudden, he wasn't looking inward at himself, but he looked outward. You know, the greatest change that happens in fathers' lives is not the day that their children are born or when they have kids. But it's when they finally realize what is the most important thing in life. What is it? What's the most important thing in life? Look at this next verse. Some people have missed the most important thing in life. They don't know God. Folks, if you miss this, you miss the whole point of life. So where are you at with this one? Where are you at with this one? If you had to evaluate yourself on this question, how would you evaluate yourself on knowing or on looking up to God? How would you evaluate yourself on looking up to God? Would you say that I know about God, but I don't spend daily time with Him? And you know Him, but that's about it. That's a one. Would you say you're, you're learning to look up to Him or... I have 
a personal relationship with God, and I schedule it in my time. I spend time with Him daily in Bible and prayer. Fathers, today's your special day. And I can't think of a better decision that you could make on your special day than to say, I want to know God. I want to have a relationship with Him. And not just today, but every day. Maybe you don't know God at all, and so today would be a day where you could say, I want to make that commitment. Or maybe you've known God a long time. You just haven't put the things in place to grow in a relationship with Him. Prayer, reading the Bible, coming to church. And today, today, you can look up to Him and He'll help you to line up your priorities and to learn to lighten up your attitude. That's, it's just pointless to try to change your past. Can't do it. And it's pointless to try to clean up your future. All you have is today. And I'm telling you, if you look up to God and you say, God, you know what? As far as I know, I'm giving my one and only life to you. I promise that he will meet you where you're at and he'll help you to line up your priorities, to lighten up your attitude. And you will become a better man. You will become a better dad. You will become a better husband. You will become a better friend because you look to him first. But it all starts with the decision. What are you going to make time for? Let's stand for closing prayer. I invite our prayer team to come up. If you'd like prayer for anything, they'd love to pray with you. And as I pray this prayer, you might just pray it silently uh, to yourself. Let's pray. God, I'm here once again. And I need help lining up the priorities in my life. God, help me to put down what is most important to you on a piece of paper. Jesus Christ, help me to lighten up my attitude. To realize that you meant for life to be enjoyed with family and friends and my kids and my spouse. Help me to look up to you daily and to listen to you in prayer and to learn from your words in the Bible. And if you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life, just within your heart, I invite you to kind of repeat this prayer silently to yourself. Jesus Christ, come into my heart and life. Be my manager. And direct me from here on out. You call the shots. I want to live for you. 
I ask for forgiveness of my sins. And I begin a relationship with you today. In your name I pray. Amen. Have a great week. Know you're loved in this place. If you're new, stop by Guest Connections. We have a free gift for you. And if you can help with Teardown, we would love it. Have a great week, everybody.